On this episode, Dude and Virgil Kane fanboy Brandon Martell hosts David Schlom, the founder and president of Virgil Kane, to talk about Eighth Notch, their latest in a celebrated line of LTOs. Find out what they think on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you like our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit us at our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to check out our bourbon shirts and to buy a Bourbon Hunter Kinsey Dram. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Drew Poole. I'm joined by Brandon Martell. And we've also got David Schlom with us from uh, Virgil Kane. And uh, he's been, uh, I guess, a good host in uh, giving us some uh, Virgil Kane Eighth Notch, which we'll get to a little bit uh, later. And we'll uh, introduce that, talk about uh, how that came to be. Uh, but we're going to be tasting that on the episode today. We've also got some uh, some of the other offerings, some of their standard offerings here um along with and we'll go uh we'll go over a couple of those i guess as they come up but uh so david tell us a little bit about yourself and uh how you got into uh the whiskey business uh yeah well thanks for having me first off it's nice to meet you guys and uh uh look forward to enjoying some whiskey with you guys uh you're not the only one gonna be drinking so um <laughs> but uh but have you know drinking on a monday can't beat can't that be. right so right. uh, uh, this is a great excuse to, uh, to enjoy a cocktail, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to, to talk about, but really, you know, my love for whiskey, um, started at a, a young age, um, and, um, uh, you know, growing up in the South, most households had whiskey of some sort in their, uh, in their liquor cabinet. So, uh, I wasn't much of a, a vodka drinker, um, even though those were the easiest things to mix. We would typically drink, you know, bourbon or whiskey or rye, uh, you know, different types of whiskey. Unfortunately, my parents had scotch whiskey. So uh, that was that was a tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one at the age of 13. Not saying anybody should drink at that age, but uh, that was a that was a tough intro to uh, alcohol. But but as you know, my life went on. I actually found, uh, you know, a love for um, cooking, and and that's really where I started was in the kitchen. Um, yeah, I, I needed some money through college and uh, had to find uh, a way to make ends meet and uh, started cooking in kitchens. And, uh, and and through that experience, I learned that that's kind of the environment I really thriving i like kind of chaos and uh and then i also love the ability to take comfort style flavors that people are very familiar with and create something different that's very familiar but very had a nuance to it um and and that's what got me into whiskey you know growing up in the south we had uh ginger infused bourbon i mean sorry we had bourbon and ginger ale uh around us all the time uh and and I just thought there was another way to create that Southern staple, if you will, but in a way that's, you know, no high fructose corn syrup, no 
big hangovers from that syrupy uh, kind of slushy drink that you drink. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I drink my fair shares of them. But as I got older, it was just like I could drink one or two. And then I was just like, ah, I need a feet beer or something like that, you know, because my mouth was just so full of sugar. And um, and I just saw an opportunity to, again, create something that was super familiar to people and uh, but create it in a different way. So that's why I started the company really just with that idea, just hey, let's make a ginger-infused bourbon that has a lot of those flavor profiles found in ginger ale, That, but do it in a way that is more kind of in line with our culinary aspects um, and philosophies. And and we teamed up with John Warren, who uh, has made in Clover Gardens. He grows this delicious ginger. We added that, a little vanilla, a little lime, and uh, and – and created this whiskey that all you had to do is add soda, water, and ice, and a lime, and you had a really refreshing take on uh, a, a ginger and bourbon. So that's that's kind of how it got into the whiskey world. Um, it started with an idea and uh, grew into a business, and uh, and now I'm sitting here with you guys. Well, I'd say that's. I mean, that's kind of like how I got into bourbon. I mean, I. So I had a a long, I, I still have psoriatic arthritis, but when they first uh, diagnosed it, they put me on a medicine I wasn't supposed to drink with. And uh, when I finally came off of it, I didn't know what to drink. So it was either, you know, light beer or piss beer, as I call it, and uh, sometimes some tequila shots. Um, but then I just kind of, at some point, I, I think I wanted something a little more, I don't know, uh, cultured, I guess, or or whatever, sophisticated. I don't know what you want to call it, but... Uh, so I tried scotch and cigars, and that just didn't really – to me, I grew up in the Band-Aid uh, 10 era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, the the PD scotches taste like a Band-Aid 10, like what I grew mm-hmm. up with. 1980s Band-Aid yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. that iodine, that whatever. I just didn't like it. So uh, I kind of moved away from that, kind of got into tequila a little bit. But then uh, one of my buddies – uh, was drinking bourbon and ginger ale, and so I was like, "Oh, that's not bad. I'll I'll try that out." And and then I just kind of went crazy from there. I, and then eventually <laughs> started removing the ginger ale and started drinking it closer to neat. And then uh, now it's pretty much just neat with the with the occasional, maybe a hot summer day I'll do like a a ginger ale with bourbon or something like that. But but speaking of which, that's how I got uh, I guess you know introduced to Virgil Kane. I think was. The Buckhorn Podcast, yeah. you guys would do your um, old fashions with, yes. the, with the ginger-infused uh, Virgil Cane bourbon. Yeah, so I, I was – I mean, I, I'm always down at Myrtle Beach. Like, we every year, sometimes twice a year, we're down at Myrtle Beach. And I think you guys, you guys established in, what, 2012, 2014? Yeah, so, uh, originally about 2011, 2000 okay. – uh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind so of reestablished in 2014 with some new packaging and in, things like that. Nature. I think in 2014 is when I discovered you guys, and I was down there, and okay. I the the there's a there's a great liquor store in Surfside that is they don't overprice everything. Everything is like just it's their prices are great, and I was in there. I mm. saw I found you guys on Instagram, and, okay. and I'm like I'm heading down next week. I'm going to pick up a bottle of this ginger. Well, I picked up a bottle of the ginger. I think I drank it that night, just straight. <laughs> and the next day, my wife was like, where's that bottle of whiskey you bought? I'm like, it's gone. 
She's like, it's gone. I'm like, yeah, I drank the whole thing. Just like sat out on the deck and drank the whole thing all night. Uh, oh, ended up going back and bought, I think, two more bottles of that. And I bought everything that you offered at that point um, that I could get my hands on. Um, and the, I think it, it had a different name. It's the same. It's the same label. It's the one for the the Rip Track Bourbon. I think yep. it had a different name uh, at the time. So I bought a bottle of that and just brought it all back with me. Well, then I just started sharing it with everybody I know that drinks whiskey and mm. like dude was like, holy shit, this is, you know, this is some <laughs> good stuff. Um, but I started making old fashions out of it and mm. doing like an orange old fat, an orange ginger old fashion with orange bitters and like basically clementines. I wasn't really using oranges. Yeah. Um, and then we started, I started my podcast five years ago and I think that was one of the first things we did was like we brought up Virgil Cannon. Like this is, you know, this is one of my my favorites. We gotta we gotta get after it. So yeah. and that's I, how I got introduced to you guys. I still remember. So I own a CrossFit gym also, and I remember. Oh yeah. There was a uh, Mo, <laughs> uh, Brody Mays, and I think somehow you, and then everyone had put in an order basically. Yeah. For someone who was, I, th- I don't remember who it was. It might have been Brody that was actually going down to South Carolina. And someone muled it all back. It was me. And, and there was like two cases. Like, <laughs> Everyone's handing it out to each other because we can't get it around here. I brought back 25 bottles. I bought, I walked into oh that. Yeah. I said, you're store. probably admitting to a felony right now. That's I don't fine. Know. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I went into that liquor store and I said, hey, you guys got Virgil Kane. She goes, oh, yeah, we got plenty of it back. Here. I'm like, I'm buying every bottle you have. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she goes, oh, okay. And she chuckled and I came back up with the shopping cart. I think I left three bottles, like one of each one of each offering. Uh, you didn't want to be a dick. You, I wanted, did, to, yeah. you wanted to not take the last one. Not take one. The, yeah. So I, yeah. I left three bottles and she was like, oh, you weren't kidding. I'm like, nope. And I just <laughs> I brought them all back here for everybody because people wanted it. So That's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is funny. Uh, is it Owen's liquor store? Does that uh, ring a bell? No. Actually, I can okay. Look. Real quick, um, it's not Owens, but it's it's in Surfside. It's okay. It's like a pavilion. Ten- pavilion, yes, pavilion. Oh yeah, yeah. Great account. Yeah, they they are awesome there. Like everything. He's they, probably like, I remember that day. They called, they <laughs> yeah. Called, oh, and they said we're <laughs> out. It was like ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, it I was, was like what the hell happened in Myrtle Beach? Uh, that's awesome. Well, my wife wasn't happy that I brought home every single bottle from the store. Oh, I think yeah, I'm more sure. you had to throw out two of the kids' suitcases to make room. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> or fill them with the liquor it's, anyway. It's fine. They, yeah. were, they were growing out of those clothes anyway. Right. Yeah, they, were, they, they were almost out of those clothes to begin with, so they it was fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we've got Eighth Notch in front of us here. Um, I think before we get into that, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour a little bit of Rip Track. Okay. Um, so that we can continue talking about the distillery, just kind of the history of the distillery. I think we touched on it a little bit, but I, I want to hear more about it. Um, you know, you, how you moved on from ginger infused, not that you've moved on cause you still do it. Right. But, uh, but how you, I guess, progressed or evolved, um, since the uh, ginger infused bourbon and, uh, you want to, you want to pour as well? Yeah, I'll take a pour. So, uh, if you don't mind, you know, kind of keep digging into that, uh, the history there of, of the, uh, distillery and, and yeah. You know the progression. Uh, absolutely. So, so yeah, being chef, you know, um, and not having much distillation uh, or distilling experience, um, and the fact that I was like 
ginger infused bourbon. This is before there was ever a ginger bourbon on the the market, right? Like I had a a need to get it out quick. You know, I don't like sitting down with an idea for too long and waiting for somebody else to do it first. So I was super motivated. I reached out to all the big dogs, you know, uh, we won't name names, but, uh, Hey, I got this great idea, man. Call me back. You know, uh, didn't hear from anybody <laughs> as you might expect. So, so I was like, I guess I'm doing this on my own. So, uh, you know, I, I was looking around, looking around and, um, I was actually in, at the time um, uh, at an office. Uh, I, I do some uh, real estate investing um, and you know buying flip houses or whatnot, and was doing it a lot back then. Um, and uh, I'm sitting in this room, right? And I'm like, out of ideas. I've reached out to everyone to make this damn whiskey for me, and I'm basically at the end of my rope and I'm like, all right, does anybody in this office happen to know somebody that makes, you know, whiskey or that can help me with this concept I have? And the accountant in the office was like, Hey, yeah, I actually work at this facility that helps people create their own brands and has the capabilities of sourcing bourbon and, uh, and blending it and finishing it. And I was like, what are you serious? I've Googled everything, you know, and, um, and there's one in South Carolina, like just up the street, like 45 minutes from my house. And I was like, this is amazing. So that like within a week, I, I have an, a, a meeting with them at this facility and I sit down and the owner at the time was just a, a great man. And, uh, you know, we discussed this concept and, and, and within six months we had our first bottle of, Virgil Cane ginger on the shelf. And it, it was a pretty wild ride. But um, but yeah, so that kind of explains what we do. So we source whiskey. Um, a lot of it's sourced from MGP, which is obviously something you guys are familiar with. But in case the uh, listeners are not, a great, great distillery out of Indiana. I mean, they just have been distilling for decades and um, – and just uh, just sit on one of the largest uh, natural aquifers in, in the country, um, have some of the best water, um, some of the best practices, and uh, you know uh, have the experience of uh, distilling more than anyone I per- know personally, and just make great juice. And and so for me, from a chef's standpoint, you know I. I I worked in restaurants till I was about 25 and actually had my own restaurant and um, was a chef. You know, I look at things as ingredients, whether it's a a pig, a cow, a barrel of bourbon. These are ingredients for me to kind of be able to enjoy and be able to kind of uh, create something new from them. So for me, bourbon is the ingredient now. Uh, Rye whiskey also. Uh, an ingredient for me. Um, I'm going to leave the scotch alone for now. Uh, but, uh, and the Irish (laughs) and the Irish whiskey, Conor McGregor can have that. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, bourbon, I just thought there was so much complexity to bourbon. There's this sweetness, there's this spice, there's these caramel notes, there's, there's this tannin from the wood. 
I mean, what a fun ingredient to be able to kind of fortify and to enhance. And uh, that's really what we try to do is we don't try to mask bourbon. We try to create um, complex kind of harmonizations, if you will, that uh, bring together, you know, a handful of ingredients that really accentuate the bourbon, but also create something very special and unique. So um, that's what I enjoy doing. Um, and that's why we do uh, what we do with some of these limited time offerings. So the ginger we started with, and then we expanded the line a little bit in, with a high ride bourbon is what we used to call it the rip track. And then our Robert Baron rod. And the reason we did that is because we kept going into uh, mixologist style accounts and um, they're like, oh, well, we we can macerate our own ginger and vanilla and this and that. And I'm like, I know I get it, but my buddy grows the ginger. It's like ridiculous. Like we've already taken that step out for you. You might want to just use this. And, that. and some accounts were completely open to it. Other accounts were like, we don't mess with flavored whiskey. So what we did was we started off with the bourbon and the rye. The bourbon was at that point, uh, uh, infused if you will with sherry staves we uh we passed the bourbon um uh, we added sherry staves to this uh, kind of um uh, uh what is it like a it was this really cool like vibration machine so we would have these uh sherry staves and we would run the bourbon through it and it would basically like agitate the liquid around these staves and allowing us to then taste the whiskey and say, okay, that's the perfect amount of tannins from that sherry that we want. And then, uh, and then filter it through and bottle it. Um, and similar with the rye, we would do that with port stays and sherry stays. So, you know, rye typically can be a little spicy. Um, but what I found after, you know, researching <laughs> rye whiskey, uh, drinking, several different types of rye whiskey is that the older rye whiskeys had this like sweet beautiful flavor to it that almost reminded me of cherry um and then kind of finished with those soft tannins so by uh utilizing port staves and cherry staves we were able to give this kind of old world uh flavor profile to the rye whiskey that harmonized really well with uh manhattans and old fashions and things that the bartenders were looking for so um that's kind of how we expanded the line into offering those uh, whiskeys as well. That's pretty cool. I, I think one of the things that has always just, I think, um, amazed me is a couple of things in, in the whiskey industry. And, and one of them is, you know, the, the, the um, I guess, blending, I guess, is not the right word that they want to use, but like the... Uh, you know, the mixing of the barrels and um, mingling, I guess, is, is the better word, right? Um, of the barrels. I love, I love blending. I mean, yeah. that's what we're doing, man. You know? Well, I, there was a book I was reading that just mentioned that blending is not the most accurate. <laughs> you know way what? To they tell you it. not to use the word smooth to describe anything either. So I know. Yeah. But People like, are a lot more picky it, than I am. Yeah, okay. Mingling, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But yeah. Being able, so, so a couple of things, like, for example, like, um, Somewhere like a Buffalo Trace, a, a huge place like that, where I know everything's pretty scientific. But it, but if if sup supposedly what is true about 
the barrel imparting what 60% of the flavors, what everyone always wants to say, right? Yeah. Um, if that's the case, every tree in every season is going to be seasoned a little bit differently. And so for them to be able to come up with year after year after year, the same taste profile on a, on a flagship bourbon just truly amazes me. I mean, to me, that's, that's amazing. Um, because I, for one, I don't believe that it's 60% of the flavor anyway. No, I think there's a be. lot more to it. I think the yeast strain is something that no one ever wants to talk about because it's the the little trade secret to all these places. But I I, I just still find it amazing that they can come up with a, a consistent product with all the variables that are environmental that are you know associated with aging uh, or maturing you know whiskey. Um, so that's one. For two, though, is the the concept of truly blending. You know, taking a couple of different barrels and, you know, like you see it from uh, like Smoke Wagon, for example, you see it from other places that take barrels and then they taste those barrels and think, you know what, these two would go well together. Well, doesn't like, barrel do that? Doesn't barrel, yeah, barrel buy up barrels? Yeah, crafts. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. But that, there's a lot of places that do it. But it's just amazing to me that they can do that in a way where... You know, uh, and Barstown Bourbon Company. I mean, that's what they did with their fusion and discovery and all those types of things. That's, you know, and do it in a way that it's actually good. Mm-hmm. That that just blows me away. Like, I'm sure there's some science to it. I'm sure there's some just straight up, you know, tasting and someone, you know, like a, a Jackie Zycan or, you know, different people like that that have that ability to just kind of take some barrels and, and figure out what flavors you're going to get. And, and I know there's probably a lot of tasting and a lot of, oh, this was terrible. But at the same time, you know, having an idea and being able to find out a, a ratio that's going to be a, you know, a blockbuster, like, yeah, you know, something that knocks it out of the park. That just blows my mind. And, and don't don't get me wrong. I'd love to try it. <laughs> the, the trial and error of that would be fun, I'm sure. But that's just I mean, the one experience I've had of that Bourbon 30 in uh, in uh, Lexington, for example, they let you go there and you can just go through. They They basically just give you a thief. And a whole bunch of little cubs, and they go have a seat, and you just go and thieve from every barrel that you want to. Hmm. And you can mix together a couple of barrels, tell them the ratios that you want, and they'll do it for you for your bottle. I heard David's going to let us do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, I mean, like, we went down there. Myself, Tyler, and Brett went down there, and Brett did a single barrel. Um, I did a blend or no, actually Brett did a blend. I did a blend. Tyler did a single barrel. And as would be expected, Tyler's was the worst and, uh, mine was next. (laughs) And then Brett's was just ridiculous. Brett's was amazing. And, uh, but like, that's what I mean. Like having that ability to just sit and decide what flavors. And we were just choosing two barrels to go together. Like I can't imagine picking between three and four barrels, like a Bardstown bourbon company or, you know, places like that, that just, that just kind of have an idea where they're, where they're trying to get. And I, and at any rate, my, my whole point with this huge segue was that I think that's amazing. That's, that's tough that you can do that. And then, but the fact that you guys are doing that is pretty cool. I, I like that. I think it's a neat, uh, you know, ability and, especially if you can achieve consistency while you're doing this along the way. I mean, I think that's really cool. So, yeah. And I think there's, you know, some aspect of blending and, and all big, you know, houses, whether it's like you mentioned Sazerac or, um, or maker's mark or what, whatever, whatever you have. I mean, there's, there's, 
there's a blending aspect that uh, has to happen because, you know, they're not just bottling single barrels. They're emptying right. barrels and uh, and and creating uh, creating a bl- blend, if you will. And so that's that's a fun process. So when I want I want to kind of jump back. So when you met the the owner of the distillery, what was the process of establishing your flavor profile like did you just did you do the same thing just kind of go through and say you know pick a couple barrels and say okay i really like this barrel can we replicate this you know over how how what is that process like so first it was uh, creating our blend of bourbon that we wanted to then infuse so yeah it was a combination of things it was uh getting it age profile that worked for us it was uh figuring out what mash bill worked best uh with you know a ginger and uh ingredient like ginger and then once we kind of created our blend or our 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 bourbon profile then it was how do we incorporate these ingredients to uh create this product um which took about 22 variations of, of testing going back and forth. And, and basically, you know, that process is me creating a formula, if you will, making the product, bringing it to them uh, with the, you know, the, the base bourbon profile that we uh, agreed upon. And then, just trial and error, you know, having them try to recreate it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until it was where it needed to be. And that was a long process, but um, they, they moved very quickly and uh, were able to take kind of our feedback and and dial it in. And we finally got to a point where uh, we were happy, uh, 98% happy. I don't think we would ever be 100%, but uh, we were at a good place. and uh, and and. That's when we decided to move forward. That's awesome. So, uh, talk to us about, I guess, the difference between, you know, these these, if you want to call them shelfers or you know your regular uh, available, you know, whiskeys, versus when you decide to come up with something like this eighth notch. Or we have the uh, the Ash Cat here, which is an older offering that you had, uh, which I'm a big fan of. I actually just finished my sample of that that you gave me. Oh yeah. A couple of years ago at the Arnold, I can give you another sample before well, I leave. I'm not going to be upset about it. I know, um, but uh, <laughs> I finished that. Actually, had to make room for a sample bottle actually, and and cleared it out for that. Um, and I and I was like, oh yeah, I, I I remember liking this, and it was really good. But that's uh, really cool that you have the Ashcat there. That is a, <laughs> that's our original LTO. Oh, is so it? So I have well, I have I have other than the eighth notch, I have all of your limited offerings. I have. Electric. I have a bottle of Electric Owl left, unopened. I have Ashcat. I've got the Ribbon Rail Rye. Um, mm. I'm missing one. Roundhouse. Roundhouse, and oh, I have a bottle of Roundhouse yeah. as well. Nice. Well, you email me after this, and we'll get you a bottle of Eighth Notch LT. So oh. we don't. We, we cannot let you uh, be one man down. That yeah. would not <laughs> be right. Yeah. yeah. But I. I I told dude, I'm like, I'm think I, I I almost brought the the electric out with me, and it is by far my favorite offering that you guys had for as, awesome. as a limit. And I finished off the my last bottle. I had three bottles in total. Um, I finished off the last bottle probably eight months ago, 
And it just, every time I open my liquor cabinet, it's right there staring me right in the face. And I'm like, I can't open it yet. I can't open it yet. I gotta, I gotta wait. Yeah. Like it's, it's like one yeah. of my unicorn bottles. Well, it, it, uh, I assume it's no longer made. So it is not, I would hold on to it. It is not. I know it's sad. It's sad. Uh, I have about looking at my closet where I, I have my limited time offerings and I have a case of each, uh, that, uh, I don't touch either. And, uh, <laughs> it's very hard at times because the ash cat is, uh, we had an account in New York, New York city actually that called it poor man's pappy. That's how much they were selling it. Uh, they loved it. So it is I, phenomenal. I, when I've had it, I've I've really enjoyed it too. Um, and and it's I know it's a mixture of like what uh, weeded weeded bourbon, high rye bourbon, and then so what's the five WB HR S sixteen? So what's I, so a five five year weeded bourbon uh, yeah. mixed with high rye and then finished in cherry cask. That's okay. I knew I at one point I had what that acronym stood for, and I I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I think I have one. I think I have still have an unopened bottle of that too. I think I have an well, other than nice. the Rip Trail Rye. I'm about to. I think I have an unopened bottle still of everything. That just is awesome. This uh, yeah, that's awesome. Very tight. Just no, so you know, it's a loose cork. Versus yeah, so, uh, Rip Track cork, which was I had to wrestle that thing out. That, <laughs> like. I like what, what you guys do with the cork. So with your regular offerings, you just use a synthetic. basic rubber synthetic yeah. cork. Um, and I don't mind I don't mind a, a synthetic cork. No, that's like, I mean makers uses those. Yeah, and, I mean yeah, it doesn't bother me. But I like with your limited stuff, you use an actual cork for those for those bottles and it just kinda gives it it just kinda steps it up a notch. A little more uh, culture. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all those labels are handmade by our friends. And uh, one of the and, things I talk about was your guys's yeah, your logo, like your font. Um, I love that all of your lo- your la- I don't I haven't seen all of your bottles, but all the bottles I've seen have the same shape label, mm-hmm. and then like a different something or other going on it. So so I guess before we do this, like I know that uh, ginger infused rip track and robber baron. All have some sort of train type of reference or something on it. It looks like, or some sort of um, transportation type reference. What What's the? Uh, tell us the story. I guess there's, of Virgil Kane. There's a story behind that. David's going to tell you about I'm, it. I'm teeing it up. <laughs> you know, you have a podcast. You know how this works. I know. <laughs> um, so tell us the story about Virgil Kane, the name, and then like, I we are as a uh, podcast, and I think you guys are the same, but. I'm a sucker for a good bottle and for good labeling. Uh, we mm. always, my wife always calls herself, she's a packaging whore. So mm. like if she sees anything on the shelf that just looks pretty, she's won over. She'll buy it just to try it out. Even if it's terrible, she'll at least give it a whirl. Like nice. how, how many times she told me about the chicken cock bottle because it looks like, you know, the, it looks vintagey. It does. But the, the bottle's made to look like what's that chicken wire, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it has that yep. chicken wire look to it. I don't know how many times she's told me about that. And I'm like, no, I don't want any of that. It just, it looks like a, a gimmick. And then we finally had them on the podcast and I actually enjoyed their stuff. I was like, Oh, it actually is good. Um, but like I, I stayed away from it because the packaging was so cool. And I was like, (laughs) if that's gotta be a gimmick, it's gotta be terrible. But then I had it and it was actually really good. It was my mistake. My wife, 
does the lie. same thing with wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah if it's for if, sure. If a bottle of wine is under ten bucks and has a cool label, <laughs> under ten, she's bucks. buying it. Yeah. yeah. I, on the other yeah. hand, go at least twelve dollars. Yeah, and to me, like from a marketing standpoint, it's it's twelve fifty. Yeah, twelve fifty. Yeah. <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, it's brilliant to have an amazing looking bottle and an amazing looking package, you know. But to me, what I've always said is, you can fool them once. If they if you have a great package and label and all that stuff and and it just looks amazing and then they go out of their you know uh, comfort zone and buy it because it looks good and then it tastes terrible they're never buying it again. Mm. So you know that's yeah. great that's half the battle you know and I think you guys immediately win on that side of things the bottle the label the the logo the and again I'm going to give you a chance to talk about the story I, I keep going on and on here. Um, <laughs> But I, I wanted to kind of give you guys props on on the packaging and the bottles and stuff. I think they're outstanding. I think they look really good on the shelf. Every time I walk into my bourbon room, they're just sitting right there, and I, they always stand out to me. Um, so I think from that side of things, awesome, great work. I think you've done a, exactly what you've probably set out to do, I would imagine, and that's get people's attention with the with the labels and the bottles. So, But tell well, us about you. Virgil King. Tell us, tell us how you thank got there. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, before I move on, so you mentioned you had a chicken cock on. Did, did you have Greg Snyder on? Yeah, yeah, Greg Excellent. Snyder. Yeah. Great yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. Great guy. He was, yeah, he was fun world to of to. knowledge. World of knowledge. <laughs> oh my gosh, I the, the information that he had, I had no idea his lineage and all that <laughs> stuff. Like he was one of the guys that I generally like to do a lot of research before the episode, just so I can have some things to you know just shoot off of them and and, yeah. and kind of teach them. That was one of the times I don't remember when we had them, but it, it was around the holidays, and I just did not have any time to do any research. So he just blew me away with his knowledge, and I was like, I was so upset with myself that I didn't have more time to research and tee that up because I, I really feel like <laughs> it wasn't a bad episode or anything, but it could right. have been so much better if I had been more prepared. Yeah, I had the privilege of doing an event with uh, Greg uh, here in Charleston, and. I, I basically sat back and just said, hey, you take as much time as you need and I'll <laughs> wrap it up, you know, because this is my backyard, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, most of these people here already know me. So you take as much time. Literally, uh, I think he was he he graciously gave me about 10 minutes at the end. But uh, but he had that much knowledge to give to people and they loved it. And uh, he's a great guy. So, um Anyway, I'm glad you got to taste his product and his whiskey because yeah. it's 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 good. Um, but yeah, so so Virgil Cain, you know, uh, back when we started this, infusing ginger into bourbon was was frowned upon. I mean, I remember when I came up with the idea and I reached out to some writer friends of mine, like, "Hey, hook me up with an article." You know, I just think it was easy because they were my friends. I was like, let's get this in everywhere, you know, and uh, and they're like, huh, why did you put ginger into bourbon? You know what I mean? They're like, ah, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, it's already done. <laughs> I'm not going back. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, so it was frowned upon, you know, and, and and that really made me start looking for kind of inspirational figures that uh that could be the the, the at the forefront of our brand and, and and one that i came across was uh virgil kane um and virgil kane lived during the civil war era 
Um, and, you know, his story is that he was part of a Confederate family, though chose not to, you know, take up arms and join his family as a Confederate soldier. Instead, worked on a train, helping people get out of the South. Um, and and that really inspired, you know, the name, because it's like this guy is risking his neck, uh, literally, right? Um, putting his own family, uh, his beliefs aside and following his own heart. And so when you look at Virgil Cain and you look at us, right, we were doing something that was super condoned, if you will. Um, but we had to, right? We had to follow our heart and we had to follow what we thought was what people would want to drink at some point in the world and, and, and follow our passion. And that's kind of how the name Virgil Cain came. And it's because of his affiliation with trains and working on the locomotive, a lot of our brand uh, kind of revolves around the train. So it, whether it's uh, the electric owl, which has some affiliation to a, a train where it's the guy at the, back in the day at the train yard that would light up the track so the train could see where it was going or it was you know, the roundhouse, which is an area where trains would come in and they would utilize the roundhouse to uh, put them back on the path they came from. Um, or it's the eighth notch, which is the final notch in the, in, in the, th the, the final throttle, if you will, um, that propels the train forward on a locomotive. You know, the, we try to kind of look at different aspects and train terminology to kind of show some symbolic uh, <laughs> uh, parallel with uh, how we think as chefs and as creators of bourbon. So the eighth notch being that, you know, it's the last throttle that really pushes it forward. So this was like a concept we've been tinkering with for, for years and we finally figured out how to kind of push it forward and to create something new and special. And so that's really what we try to do with our limited time offerings. And that's why we don't do them over and over again um, or continue to release the same one is because these whiskeys talk to me as a blender, right? I, I There's a time in the year where I'll have 30 different whiskeys on my desk uh doesn't suck um i'll tell you that uh, you and that, i'll come join you <laughs> yeah please do please do i need help um uh, and and i'll sit there and i'll taste these whiskeys and you know some will be five years old some will be 12 years old some will be six grand a barrel some will be <laughs> i mean it's crazy barrel cost now some will be three grand a barrel two barrel two thousand um, and I don't look at the prices. I don't look at the age. I just taste them all. Right. And, and whichever one kind of speaks to me, that's in, in like, an, whenever an idea is sparked, that's when I know I have something right. Like, uh, and it's really as simple as me tasting the product and, you know, for example, the ribbon rail rye that we did. You know, I tasted this whiskey and I was like, that's that cherry. That's that cherry that I love. Right. So how do I create a chocolate covered cherry, if you will, with this rye? 
right? And so that's when the idea starts spinning. And I'm like, I got to do this. So that that was the concept behind the Ribbon Rail Ride. It was like, okay, I got to find a brewery um, because we don't distill um, to impart some chocolate malt, some, uh, you know, into this whiskey. So maybe they can make a chocolate malted porter and I can give them whiskey barrels or our barrels and they can then put their delicious beer in there and then let it rest for two months and then they can give me back those barrels and i can put our rye whiskey in there and then we have that layer of chocolate that i was looking for and that kind of that creaminess and 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 so that's that's how ideas are born it's really by just that, that simple just tasting something and then the chef side of my brain kicking on and saying oh my god we got to make a chocolate covered cherry right uh, like and and same with the eighth notch it was like i tasted something and i felt these light vanilla notes that i really wanted to accentuate right and so that's when the creation kind of becomes a reality and and when i start going down that uh that path if you will that's cool i, I like the idea of not just tasting something and thinking, oh, this tastes like this, let's package it, but you tasting something and saying, oh, I'd love to enhance it Enhance it with the chocolate, make it a chocolate-covered yeah. cherry, as opposed to just, oh, this is a, a cherry bomb, you know, let's let's make it a chocolate-covered cherry bomb. Like, that. that's cool. <laughs> I like that. We actually just did the Ribbon Rail Rye on an, ep- on a, on an episode. It's been a couple episodes ago. Um, mm. We a local distillery here in Columbus called Middle West Spirits, and we just did. Oh yeah, it was for your 150th uh, episode. Right, right. And I brought Ribbon Rail Rye. Like I just nice. everybody was to bring a bottle, and I'm, you know, I'm bringing this bottle, and everybody enjoyed it. Everybody loved it. We got the dark chocolate. I think we even got a little bit of mango on it. Um, oh, nice. Which was really good. Uh, but everybody was like grabbing the bottle, pouring some more, going, you know, getting That's back awesome. after it after. We kind of went around the horn. Well, and we had a lot that night. And we had so a lot for, of whiskey. For anyone that to night, take yeah. a second pour of anything was always a yeah a good thing <laughs> because there were it was our hundred and fiftieth episode, so we had we probably had fifteen bottles there. Yeah, easily. So I mean, for us to have anything that someone like uh, Jason even brought the 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 what was it the nineteen year old old fits from this year? No, he what did he? Yeah, I remember I it, was the, it was the small sample bottle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there wasn't did. a lot left, but. Uh, but like for for us to have that there and and I mean there was it fit right in with everything else that we had that night it was good yeah it was it was fantastic. really good um, so that's a I like the story so Virgil Kane bucking the trend kind of going against the the consensus you guys kind of at the time bucking the trend going against the consensus doing your ginger infused bourbon I like it a lot of parallels that's that's a cool story. Um, so tell us a little bit more. I know you kind of introduced uh, Eighth Notch a little bit here, but but tell us about that process, uh, how you got to that. That's the current offering, right? That your current LTO. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, yeah, another fun one. And and when we do these limited time offerings, it's really, you know, trust me, I've had so many ideas, and then I go Google it, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> this this guy did this. All right. Well, now I got to start over. You know, I, I really don't. We don't want to produce something that has been done before. You know, we, we want it to be unique, and it, we want to push uh, the the industry, if you will, to 
keep being creative. I mean, when we did Ashcat, there there was maybe one or two other whiskeys that blended openly and 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 finished bourbon and barrels, right? Like, and look at how, where the industry is now. I'm not saying we were the trendsetters. Trust me, I know how small <laughs> we are compared to the big dogs. We're not that, but you know, we want to continue to. Um, just push that envelope, you know, let's be creative. Let's think outside of the barrel. That's a saying I always say, like, think outside of the barrel almost, you know, uh, and, and figure out ways to enhance whiskeys. Um, but different than anybody else, you know, like different than scotch makers, um, which was originally our inspiration as much as I talk about not liking peaty stuff. Uh, you know, they'd done some really cool freaking finishes. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a challenge, especially today, to create things that haven't been done. But anyway, so um, this one is just came of, uh, of, uh, of necessity, if you will. Like, I love the smell of dried vanilla beans smoked. If you guys ever have the opportunity to make an old fashioned or something at your house and have one of those old weed smoke guns or whatever uh grab some vanilla bees dry them out and your turn your oven on to like 400 right and then turn it off and then throw a couple vanilla beans in there let it sit overnight and tomorrow you'll have dry vanilla beans put it in a coffee grinder and uh and put it in a smoke gun and smoke your glass before you put your old-fashioned in there you will be the man of the party. Let me just tell you. All right. Um, I know me too. I'm like sitting there like I'm salivating. Yeah. I've got, yeah. I mean, we, we have the same smoker. You yeah. Have we, the, have, we have the agent or agent or, uh, oh, nice. There you go. Style smoker. So I think they're going to hate me here in a minute. You're going to go buy some vanilla bean on the way home. I think so. <laughs> My wife, there you go. My wife loves vanilla bean. That's the one thing about bourbon. <laughs> She is a big fan of like, so my wife has the, the nose. I don't know if you ever watched the show psych, um, but uh, the, one of the guys, yeah. like, oh, uh, he, he said he had a, a super snow, a super sniffer. And mm. she is like that. Like she can nose anything and tell you all the, she's like, Oh, I smell this, 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 and this. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I've been doing this for years yet. She's just now, you know, she drinks vodka but yeah, she'll pick up and and she's right there, by the way. <laughs> she'll pick up my glass, she'll smell it, and she'll just tell me like, "Oh yeah, I get this or I get this," and I'm just like, "Damn it!" <laughs> just picks up a glass. She picks and, it up, yeah. right? And, Did she uh, hear us? Well, she just came she just down walked. and brought some. Uh, okay, treat, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't uh, want to talk shit about vodka, you know, with her right no, there. No, no kidding. We kidding. all talk shit about vodka. Right, exactly. Um, no, she just did a little uh, hit and run, gave Banks a treat nice. out the door. So, oh, there um, you go. No treats for you guys. No, you, he's, you already have your treat. He's getting a little bit of extra loving right now. So nice. He's he probably deserves like, it. Why didn't I get cancer a long time ago? I <laughs> Not, know, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Horrible yeah. joke. Yeah. I deal with. Hey. Deal with my emotions through uh, comedy. So through humor. Um, so yeah, we poured a, we poured some of the th- some of this eighth notch. It's hard to turn okay. off Lisp when I'm using it for banks, and then I start talking. Um, I'll I'll tell you, it's got a great color to it. Yeah, I um, love the color. The nose, the vanilla, like I I definitely it comes through. Yeah, for sure. That smokiness of it comes through as well. That smoked vanilla 
yeah, there's right. there, there's definitely vanilla just coming out of the just everything. Like I I I move it around, I go back to it, and vanilla is the you, first thing that hits me. I have to wait through it to get time. to anything else. Yeah. It's good. Do you guys remember the cereal? I mean, you may still if you have kids. Uh, Cocoa Puffs. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I just there, there you go. That's <laughs> what smoked vanilla smells like. Oh son of a bitch! No, I'm not gonna get that out of my head. It, it's crazy. It's not even vanilla. It's almost like this cocoa ness, and you know, and and so when I was a chef, I mean, technically, I guess people would say I still am, but. We would take ingredients, whether it was scallops or pork or whatnot, and we would smoke it with vanilla, right? So we would give it this beautiful cocoa-y flavor profile at a very cool temperature, obviously. And then we would cook it up, sear it up, whatever. And so when we delivered those products to people, whether it was scallops or pork or whatnot, uh, it would have that cocoa flavor profile to it, and people would just be like, where the hell did that come from? So it's been in the back of my like brain. Like, how can I utilize this this technique into whiskey making? Um, but I just didn't find that bourbon that really, you know, spoke to me. That said, this is the one. And this last, you know, tasting period or whatnot, when I had twenty different whiskeys, there was one that just really spoke to me and said, this is the one. And uh, so even though I've had this idea for like four years, it took four years to find a batch of barrels that really scream light notes of vanilla that could be accentuated with this cocoa, beautiful aroma. And 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 then it was like, you know, what what how can we make this even more complex? Right. Like toasted barrels are super popular right now all those caramel notes so how can we mix caramel and cocoa uh and it was just like boom let's do it i reached out to gainesville cooperage uh right outside of georgia i mean inside georgia uh great little cooperage uh that uh, are super passionate about banking great great barrels um got some toasted barrels from them um and this is when we started having fun, you know, as soon as we got the barrels, uh, we filled them up with water, of course, to make sure they're, you know, don't leak and swell and, uh, and then empty the water, get our smoke guns, fill that barrel up, let that barrel sit for about 10 days just to really take in all that vanilla smoke. And then we take our five year bourbon, uh, that's from MGP 74% corn, um, and we then filled those barrels up with that five-year bourbon. And, of course, after five years, there's some void in the barrel from angel share or uh, natural, uh, you know, <laughs> just the natural process of aging bourbon and, and oak evaporation is what I call it. But whatever. Uh, and uh, and uh, so we filled that void back up with that vanilla, delicious vanilla smoke and let it sit for about three months. And, uh, you know, the smoke is light. You definitely get it on the back end. Um, but it's got this, like, delicious, caramelly, uh, cocoa-y, I don't know. It's just fun. I mean, for me, and this is barrel-proof, guys. So this is 116-proof. Um, most people that drink it, are shocked when I say that. Um, 
I just feel I, like I, it's it, it didn't taste one. It, it, it doesn't drink like a one sixteen, and I'm, I'm we're we're both into the the, the high, higher yeah, higher sure. stuff. Like even this year, I said I'm not buying anything under one hundred and twenty. Just to, just, <laughs> spending down, to keep probably. my spending down, and <laughs> I kind of challenge myself this year. Yeah. Uh, like right off the bat, like the nose on this, you get that smoked vanilla, you get some caramel. I get um, another, I get another sweetness that I can't, I can't pinpoint. I, I usually just go straight to toffee. Um, mm. but the, the flavor on it, you know, it's. You said cocoa puffs. I was thinking more like um, cocoa pebbles. And the texture, yeah. as, as weird as this is going to sound, the texture to me is almost like a, it's very creamy yeah. and it's almost like a portobello mushroom. Mm. Like it's got that creamy like, texture to it. Like right. if you just put a portobello in your mouth, you're just like, it just kind of melts in your mouth. It's fantastic. Mm. Like really good. For me, uh, so the evolution of this for me, because it's hit a lot of different things as I've tasted it and smelled it and retasted it. When I first nosed it, it was 100% I could get the vanilla. The first thing I would get was vanilla, and it was hitting me so hard. I couldn't get anything else. Yeah. So I, I took a couple whiffs, just kind of let it settle, took a couple whiffs. I started to get a little bit of hint of chocolate in there. Um, when I tasted it, interestingly enough, that's where I got the cocoa puffs. Mm. I it was almost straight up, almost like a high, high malted barley content type of uh, – uh, chocolatey kind of cacao uh, mm-hmm. type of thing for yeah. me mixed with, and it wasn't just pure, there was just a little bit of chocolate just in a, a couple of different ways. And then I went back to the nose. And so once I did that, I started getting some caramel on the nose. I started getting some chocolate on the nose and, and the vanilla too. But until I had that first drink, I was, I couldn't get past the vanilla on the nose. Mm. Interestingly enough, when I taste it, I don't get much vanilla at all. I get almost all chocolate. It's yeah, it's and all caramel. chocolate and and, and it's, smoke. It's like chocolate. Well, yeah, there's some smoke for sure. But like chocolate and caramel are the main two notes I get. With there is some smokiness there. I do get a little bit of um, a little bit of oak. I think um, mm-hmm. that's that's that's. But but now I go back to the nose and I get a lot more than just the vanilla. It's it's really interesting how this has evolved for me. Yeah, and I've said this on a lot of my episodes is that. For me, what will keep me coming back to you is when you sit down and drink a bourbon, a lot of bourbons, like, amazing, taste great on the first drink, taste great on the first drink, taste exactly the same, or maybe even start to fall flat the more you drink them. Right. But the really good bourbons for me are the ones that I'll drink and then taste really good. That's fine. It's, It's a really nice flavor. But then I go back to the nose, it's changed a little bit. I go back to the flavor, to the taste again, and the profile's changed a little bit. And it, and it evolves as I drink it throughout the evening. And it just makes me want to keep going back to it because I'm like, okay, what's it going to do next? What's it going to taste like next? And for me, a lot of bourbons that are really good, and, th- and I'm putting this in that category because I've now had three or four drinks, and each time I feel like it's changing a little bit every time I drink it. Your viscosity, your comment about the, the texture. Yeah. Like that, um, I don't know mm-hmm. that I, I, I don't know that I'd go mushroom, but, it, well, but it's, it's got a nice viscosity. It, to it's it. more the the melting, like yeah, yeah. When, you, when you have a portobello and it kind of melts. I know, I know in what you I know what you're the, going for. It's it's creamy. It's, yeah, it's creamy. Yeah. Creamy is a good description. It's like buttery. It's almost yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, like lactic kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's I mean that's what's the key uh, 
thing we try to create and, and and same with food right when i was a chef we wanted you by the the first from the first bite to the last bite to appreciate that dish right like yeah. we've all had that turkey sandwich where it's so freaking good in the first bite because we put jalapenos and vinegar and all that shit on there but by the end we're like god this is so boring you know I, I, like now, i want a turkey sandwich with jalapenos and all <laughs> that sounds great it's, it's like the law it, of diminishing returns right like pizza you know yeah. like, you bite yeah. it, but then by the fifth piece of pizza you're just like okay i'm just eating this because i'm eating it because but, yeah. but like a, a good uh, bourbon I'm, you know, it's different. Like you keep drinking it because it's changing. So it's evolving. And this, this isn't like a, this isn't a pandering thing. Like I'm a huge fan of Virgil Kane. Like I am a huge Wait, fan of Virgil Kane. What? I know. Right. I'm even, I've even got a Virgil Kane rocks glass here that I've been drinking out of. Um, oh. And I have a hat and I've got a pin. You, can't, you, can't <laughs> you cannot see his Virgil um, Kane underwear. We yeah. got to get you the cape. The cape is. Uh, you got a cape. I will take it. <laughs> I will. I will. But like all of your all of your limited offering stuff drinks just like that. Every time I have a glass of yeah. it, it's a different experience. Every time I have a glass, like it is, it's not like going and grabbing you know a bottle of of Makers or a bottle of Blantons or a bottle of Buffalo Trace where it's the same thing every time. It is a different experience every time I open the bottle. And I'll let a bottle sit because I mean, to, it's not it's not available to us. We can't get it in Ohio. We have to we have to mule it back. We have to know somebody in South Carolina, <laughs> or I think I, it's even I picked up a couple of bottles in Nashville. I was gonna say no. I know it's I, yeah, I know it was, it's available it in Tennessee. It was Nashville, yeah. Um, but we can't get it here, so I will have to savor a bottle. And it's, mm. it reminds me of there's another distillery out in Vegas or out in out in Nevada called Two Bitch, and they're the same way. Like mm. they have. Everything that they've put out, they have their their run of the mill offering stuff is really good, but they have their one re- limited release that every time I visit that bottle, it's a different experience every yeah. time. So, and every time I visit like an Ash Cat or a Ribbon Rail Rye or like when I had it, the, whatever, the, yeah. the the Electric Owl, it's a different experience every time. Like the 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 Electric Owl is is crazy dark chocolate and tobacco to me, and yeah. I love it. And that's why I will not open that bottle again because it is just like it hits my notes every single time. To me, that's what makes a good bourbon is I, I, you know, we always talk about bourbon and and the whole to me, bourbon is that slow down at the end of the day. You know, it's it's not like a okay, I just finished a game of of softball. I got to drink four or five beers and rehydrate, but also just, you know, kind of get a buzz on or anything. It's bourbon's not like that for me. Bourbon's an end of the day reminder to slow down. But also share, hang out, talk, just you know, just share stories about stuff. And I, we talk about it all the time. But that episode of Neat, or the the, the movie Neat, I should say, where you know uh, Freddie Jack or Freddie uh, Johnson, right? Johnson. Uh, he's talking about uh, spending time with his dad, like third generation at uh, you know Buffalo Trace. They're sharing a bottle of Pappy. He takes a they each pour a drink out, and he starts to put the bottle away. And his dad's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, well, Dad, this is Pappy. I'm not, you know. He's like, we're now family. Now you're making me feel bad about not bringing the the, uh, <laughs> the electric owl over. But he's like, we're family. This is what mm. you do. You share bourbon. You share stories. You you hang out together. The bourbon is about the memories and the stories and the people that you share it with. And it's just, you know, I've always felt that way. That's why anytime anyone ever comes over to my bourbon cave, I never tell someone they can't have something. Right. 
Mm. Now, I might steer them away from something if they're a newbie. <laughs> Just think, oh, yeah. I want this. The bottle looks pretty. That's going to be well, good. But yeah. it, you know, like, I'll let every one of the newbies have the blends because that's what they all think is whatever. But Blaney. like, whatever. But like, if the, if the newbie wants something, and I know they're putting ginger ale in it, no offense to the ginger infused, but like, you know, I'm not going to let them do that to something that I think a month from now they might appreciate more. Right. So I'll give them something that's still going to taste good with ginger ale, but isn't, you know, right. Whatever. And so, of course. but, but I'm never going to tell someone that they can't have something out of my room. Like if they want something they they can have it. That's just how yeah, it exactly. looks because it's that story. Like, and and every Fourth of July I have a party here. People come down, and I bet you half of the night we spend it in my room, standing in that bourbon room, drinking, pouring different things, trying it out. And I've had two or three people since then talk about, hey, that's you know that's been one of my favorite nights in the last few months. We just sat down there and we talked and we were just sharing some bourbon. And that's to me that's what bourbon's about. Yeah. And when you have a glass Definitely. like a an eighth notch here that basically evolves or changes every time you drink it, you know, that's something to talk about to me. And that's something that makes me want to revisit. And then next time someone comes over that I know who's kind of into bourbon or whatever, Hey, try this out. It creates a memory. What, for yeah. Them. What yeah. do you think of this? And then, you know, a lot of my friends, they don't know what Virgil Cane is because it's not available in Ohio. No. Well, and that's like, I, I have a running joke where it's like anybody who knows about Virgil Cane in Ohio is because of me. Well, like, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't think you're wrong. It might I, be right. <laughs> he might be correct. It, it won't are you guys not available to, uh, or do, are, do you not have the ability to shop online yet, or have things sent to you? For a control state, no. We and can have stuff sent to us, but we can't pay for it. We can't pay for it. it. Oh, like that's the, the, that's the, that's the yeah. That's distillery the can send something to us. We can't pay for it, but I can't ship something to dude. And dude can't ship something to me that is considered. Right. Well, it has to come. I from. can ship brand. I can yeah. ship you a snow globe. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Ship or a bottle yeah. of olive oil <laughs> or but, perfume. Yes, but <laughs> oddly enough, olive you're oil from another state as a distillery, you're allowed to ship stuff to us. I know that FedEx and UPS when when the distillery send me stuff, they're like, "Hey, you getting another bottle of bourbon?" I'm yeah. like, "Yeah." Well, they're so they have so, and that's the weird thing. Like USPS, it's illegal to ship. Alcohol, right? Yes, beer, yeah. wine, anything. Yeah. But FedEx and UPS carry a liquor license to be able to ship wine and beer and liquor. But as a control state, we are not allowed to pay for something and have it sent to us. Allegedly, as far as spirits go, <laughs> that's ridiculous. It I is. mean, I was gonna say, like, to any users that are not in Ohio, we partnered up with Sealbox. Uh, dot com. Oh um, yeah, yeah, right. good site. Gr- great people, um, and they have s- some of this eighth notch. So Sealbox. dot com. Yeah, is that Blake? Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, Blake, Blake Robert. Yeah, we can do like Sharepour. They can ship to us. Well. They're not allowed. They just will. There's some places that ignore that law. There is yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Let's let's uh, let's not blast that out. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but we, we can remember. There are first. some there are some places that will ship to Ohio anyway. And and here's the funny thing. This is the thing I don't understand. Supposedly the law is there to prevent taxes from being avoided in Ohio. But like anytime you order anything online, you're you paying your Ohio on. tax. Yeah. So like if anything, 
they're basically screwing themselves out of taxes, in my opinion. I it, well, it I makes no sense to me. It's it's an antiquated. Yeah. It makes well, no sense. And I can't believe you guys are behind the South Carolina buck. I mean, that is amazing. Like, ooh, I thought we were the last to get laws passed. I was going to say, no, it, South Carolina's one. Is I, it North Carolina? North Carolina, I think, is a control state as well. Yeah, but it's controlled it at a county level. Yes. So you could get all kinds of crazy, you know, Blantons and Makers and everything else, like the, the Barrel State program from Makers. You mm-hmm. may be in one county. That county only gets Jack Daniels, but the next county over, it's it's crazy. They get they they'll they'll get everything from Makers as far as their barrel state program goes. And I was talking to a gentleman down there, and he's just like, it's he goes, it's he's, he's like, luckily I live on the border. On the he border. goes, so I just jump the border, <laughs> you know, ten minutes. Yep. He goes, I can get everything from Makers Market. He goes, but the only thing they sell here is Jim and Jack. Well, if you oh, live, it's in, terrible. There's like Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a. Uh, a pretty well-known liquor store just on the other side in South Carolina, down 77, I think it is. Okay. Uh, State 77. That's just right across the border in South Carolina that gets a ton of business from the Charlotte people. They yep. travel. Down there and, Rock and Hill. It is. I think, yeah, it, I think I, you're right. I love Rock Hill. Yeah. Rock Hill is a nice yeah. place. So yeah. they go down there. They, they cross the border. They get to South Carolina, and, and then there's just all this stuff that they just don't, don't normally have. And it's just crazy. Like uh, I don't, I don't understand. Some of these laws are antiquated. Some of them I get. Like I, you know, to some degree I get the three tier system. To some degree I understand a little bit of control. Like the one thing I will say about Ohio being a control state: if you buy it in a liquor store or a liquor agency, it's MSRP. We're, yeah. We don't have secondary here, so I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm nice. happy to not have to pay additional. For and we do get some really nice things, like we get the all the Weller Antique and Special Reserve that you could ever ask for. Well, we depending yeah. on what store, you're at. well, like, I never get it down where we're at, but you seem to have like yeah, a plethora do. of it. You've but got cases. I think, and and I'm just this is just conjecture here because of the thing that's happening at House of Bourbon. I think that Antique has not been coming to Ohio nearly as much as it used to. Um, yeah, but Special Reserve, there'll be four boxes of it just sitting on the floor. You know, and it's there half the day, and you're yeah, just like that. We get plenty of, but then we don't get like twelve year. We don't get unless it's in the lottery. Well, we don't get all, twelve year. Only, we don't get foolproof. We don't get the Sue YPB or whatever. It's called. No, we those don't those are lottery. We don't. But like, but we yeah. get Buffalo Trace. We get Eagle Rare. We get E H Taylor. We get all those things, but they're gone that day. That's the problem. Well, you got to get it because you gotta get MSRP. to the store at. Like four o'clock in the morning, you got to yeah. stand outside. You got to, and know, I refuse to do that. Pitch I, your tent. When I first started doing this, we are the bourbon hunters because we used to hunt for bourbon, and we would do that. But you didn't have to get out there before seven a.m. No, seven or eight a.m. and you were fine. But now, if you're not there by four a.m. with like four lawn chairs, like it's stupid. That people will just come set up lawn chairs at four a.m. and then leave. Yeah. I, and I've honest to God, I've decided at some point I'm I'm just going to take a week and do a staycation. And I'm going to go to all the drop sites that week, and when I find lawn chairs, I'm going to take them and throw them in the trash. Actually, I, I wish I had my, I wish <laughs> I'd taken not, video of if it. If you're not in line, you're not in line. <laughs> I agree. There was a there was a, a guy who at my at, at my local Giant Eagle. So here in Ohio, Giant Eagle releases their allocated product on Saturdays. It's almost statewide. It's at statewide least, at, at this point. At least central Ohio for sure. Yeah. but I think it's statewide. It doesn't matter if they get their delivery on a Tuesday or a Thursday. 
they release it on a Saturday. And they had to get special allowance from what we call OHLQ, which is our state liquor agency. Yeah. So, but I drove by my, I was going to my Giant Eagle because just to pick up something real quick. And there was a guy literally grabbing chairs. I don't know if he was like waiting in line, like he was just there to, you know, get liquor or whatever, but he was grabbing chairs and chucking them out into the parking lot in Lancaster. And I'm like, good for you. I went in and grabbed what I need to get and I went home. But that's that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, I don't know why people think that a chair in, is a spot and like I don't know whatever. And I, it's ridiculous anyway. It shouldn't have like it shouldn't be that way to begin with. Because the mm-hmm. thing that I think irritates me the most is there are a few people in that group that are actually getting it for themselves to drink. Yeah. But I I, I swear the majority of the people waiting in line for that type of stuff are just wanting to turn around and, and sell They're, it for a, a profit. And that's what's oh, frustrating. Yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I don't know. Do you I'm guys have that I've issue down that. there in South Carolina where people were? Oh yeah, they're waiting in line to get something just to turn around and flip it. Like, I For mean, sure. if someone, I, I, I will say, if someone came up an and offered state, me man, like honestly. a couple grand for for an electric owl for the last bottle on the planet, other than the case that you have in your closet, I'd be mm-hmm. like, uh, but I may not. I may I may turn it down. Listen, man. I to me, what's that? What's that thousand dollars going to do for you? Buy me another lens for my camera. Okay, but at the end of the day, is it going to make me happy? No. Right. Is the is the electric owl sitting down, bringing it here next time you come here and opening it up, enjoying with, with just <laughs> an, not ta- not not, not Tyler? Well, Tyler can be sitting there, but not giving him any. That would be even better. <laughs> that would be a memory that would be worth a thousand dollars, right? That would be a thousand dollar memory. I like how you were teeing him up for the next time to bring the electric yeah. out and open it. Look uh, at that! I, I thought planting seeds, planting seeds. I love it. It is. It is by far, like I said, the electric owl is by far one of my favorite of all time, and I, I was so, only able to get three bottles. Of I know it. you're a huge Virgil Kane fan. Yes. I love Virgil Kane as well. Um, I, I mean, all these bottles, with the exception of the the e, the uh, Ashcat, Ashcat, are mine. So, and I didn't even I only brought out like half of mine because a lot of them are repeats because I have doubles and stuff just in case. LTOs. I know that eighth notch is probably the only thing available right now, but what do you think about the LTOs you've had in order? If you had to rank them, gun to your head. If if I'm going in order, gun to my head. I'm going Electric Owl's number one. Okay. Like that is by far like my favorite of all time. That is the one that I've the never one. had, and I have a ball. <laughs> wow, it's, it's weird. <laughs> He's teeing yeah. it up even oh. more. I love this. I love <laughs> I, I this. I would say that Ash Cat and Eighth Notch, they're like they're a tie. Yeah, mm. like I I could put them side by side and enjoy because they're they're different. Yeah, completely different from each other. And they are fantastic. Then from there, it is Roundhouse and Ribbon Rail Rye. And I love all of them. Like, that doesn't, like, I don't want to say that it's, you know, Ribbon Rail's the worst for over, or not the worst. You got to rank them. But I mean, if I'm ranking them, but you still like it. Out of all of those, like, that's the order that that, that I'm going with. So I've never had the Electric Owl. To be, I'd say the eighth notch Just, is probably my favorite, but but it hits me in the place that I love. The, I love vanilla, and I yeah. love I love that viscosity and chocolatiness, like that 
anything that's got a decently high malted barley content that gives it a chance to to age or mature and uh, oxidize and, and just get that nice you know uh, flavor. I, I'm I'm generally a fan of that. And eighth notch hits me in all the right places there. I think it it gives me that vanilla. It gives me the caramel. It gives me the chocolate. It gives me the viscosity. All those things that I really really enjoy out of bourbon. And uh, I think the only thing I'm not getting that if it did this, it'd be a freaking grand slam home run. A little bit of brown sugar, but it's close. Mm. Like that's mm. the only thing I'm missing. That's the only thing I'm missing. Everything else has hit me perfect. It is. It it it's made. I'm I'm. I'm real curious what this would be like if it had a little brown sugar in it. Not just a little brown sugar in a couple months. Oh, just now that it's sit. open. Now that it's let open it a little sit. Bit. It's open. Let it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's to the it's, you know, widest part of the bottle now. Yeah. Right, and that's the beauty of using live ingredients, right? And what I mean by live ingredients are ingredients that are real, first off, um, and then two that. I mean, it was like a living organism, right? Like watching that smoke go into the barrel and come out. I mean, it, it this was cool. That, yeah, I mean, it's so cool. And it's it, same with the electric owl. You know, there was an active. I mean, that that was in sour barrels, right? The the the, the live active yeast and things that they use to make a sour beer. I mean, that's a live active ingredient. These ingredients are going to change over time, and they're going to completely change the uh you know the the flavor profile of things once they're exposed to oxygen or time and, and that's what's fun about them too you know it's like i can't wait to try this in a year and see what happens right like i mean that's that's part of the fun um hopefully none of them turned to shit in a year because that would <laughs> no, suck no, but yeah yeah Unless you get it to like a th- less than a third full of a of a bottle, I feel like I've never. I don't want to jinx it, but I don't feel like I've ever had a bottle turn bad over time. I've I've had two. Generally, uh, that's it. Generally, when it's of- happened to me, it's only been when the bottle's been only like like over two thirds empty. No, I've yeah. I've had two bottles with two thirds full out of like. 1500 bottles that i've had over my lifetime two bottles go bad and they were both well that doesn't surprise me but that's neither here nor there yeah and hopefully we can get these laws changed because you know we really when we do these things to um really try to release them at a price point that is approachable to people like we, we're not trying to be a 600 dollars bottle on the secondary market like we want everybody that's has the ability to get one to get one you know and and you know we have the same markup on this bottle that we do on our rip track bourbon you know we're not trying to uh price gouge anybody because it's I, limited and and i think that's like i just feel like that's what bourbon's about man like drink with your friends i agree i think i actually i think your pricing is spot on i mean the 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 ginger is like a what a thirty dollar bottle the the rip track is about a thirty dollar there your your regular shelfer offerings are right around thirty dollars your limited off stuff is i think i paid at most 120 dollars for a bottle from somebody for and that was again for the electric owl but i think i've paid on average, about a hundred dollars for a bottle from mm-hmm. your lifted offering stuff. I don't yep. think that's bad. 
I think that's like right on par with everybody else or under everybody else, to be honest. I mean, I would. I yeah, would, you could get it here for 80 bucks or online for 80, but, you know, secondary markets. Can, yeah. And it's, well, yeah, you know. were, those were the, the electric owls were purchased in South Carolina. So the one bottle I paid 120 wow. in Simpsonville, um, a buddy of mine paid. Scalger. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 buddy of mine, he, he sent me the photo and he's like, it's 120 bucks. I'm like, grab it. Like, yeah. I, I don't yeah. care. Grab it. Right. Uh, one, the other one I bought, I bought myself. And I think that was probably close to $89. And that was at Pavilion. Okay. Um, and then this, this, the same buddy in Simpsonville found it at, at another store for about 110. And I'm like, just grab it. I don't care. Like if I, and I told him, I'm like, if you see it, just grab it, let me know. And then I'll pick it up whenever, you know, I'm down in South Carolina. Um, no, I think your prices are spot on whether it's, it's when it comes to, and I'm going to use, unfortunately, I'm going to use two bitch as my example. Um, I'm, I know the owners of two bitch bourbon out in Eureka, Nevada. They make a fantastic product. They, they're, um, they have their limited run is a, it's called pack leader reserve. Mm. They ended up selling everything to, it's like a Benny's or something like that in Chicago. So yeah. the retail on it was one fifty, which I'm like, fine, I'm in like sent uh, you know, what, what do I need to do? Get a bottle. She said, go to this website. They wanted two seventy five oh, per bottle. Gosh. Mm. That is, I'm like, I can't spend that. And I even sent her a message. I'm like, I can't, I can't buy the bottle from your distributor because I'm not going to spend 275 on the bottle. They marked the bottle up so fucking high that I just, there's yeah. no chance that I was going to spend the money on that. And it's the yeah. one bottle that they've released that I have not gotten. And at some point I'll have them on my show, but I was supposed to be out there last week and I was going to meet up with them uh, in Vegas. But Again, here nor there, I think your pricing is perfect. Like, I don't, I mean, I would spend 150, I would spend $150 on one of your limited offers, but that's also my, like, that's my, I'm not spending right, so. 150. Yeah. That's my my right. cap. So, you know, you guys are killing it, like, just absolutely killing it. I'm a huge fan. I've always been a fan. I've been a fan since the what? I said 2016. Like I, as long as I've met you, you've talked about them. Yeah, so. I mean it's. Yeah. We've I, done a podcast together, haven't we? We have not. No, I would be more than happy to have you on my show. I thought we did something together. No, I know we so, sent you like glasses and some stuff. You, but we didn't. You did, yeah. Actually, the glass I'm drinking out. You got. You sent me glasses. Uh, you actually sent me a bottle of Ribbon Rail Rye, but we didn't. We haven't. You haven't been on the show. Huh. And I will be more than happy to have you on the show. <laughs> that's like, that's crazy. I was on somebody's show that said it was Buckhorn podcast. Maybe uh, maybe somebody was uh, oh, representing someone, you. Someone's representing me then, but probably. No, it, it, it wasn't my show. I probably haven't. Randy. It, it may have been if you were on a show with that guy that's like four hundred pounds. <laughs> it may have been my it. It may have been a a version Your of my show. Co-host. My co-host. There you is, go. There you large. go. That but is crazy. I, would, I, I could have sworn we were on your show. Um, oh well. I think you sent you guys sent me the bottle ribbon rail rye, and I reached back out to, and I never heard back like about getting you on the show. Like it was mm. it, it was all through Instagram, I think. And I was just like, all right, okay. 
got the bottle, you know, because I think you guys reached out to me about, hey, we're going to send you this bottle. What's your address? And I'm like, great. You know, here's the address. <laughs> and then yeah. after I re- I'm like, I, I got the bottle. When do we want to do this? And then it was nothing. Listen, just let, let's move on since your podcast okay. isn't as and that's your no your podcast is absolutely <laughs> bigger than mine but i've been doing it longer that's fair yeah, uh, I, which is even well, more of an insult, so it, it really. is it is it is an insult because i only get like <laughs> i don't and, and i don't care because i don't do the show i don't do the show for everybody i do the show because it's an outlet like i get to talk yeah. i get to talk bullshit. that's the whole reason i do our and show, man. but that's i have like 40 downloads a week we listen <laughs> and i i but i'm not I don't mean to laugh i'm, I'm not, not no no it's, it's just, fine because i was at that point the first week that we released and then week two, we already surpassed that. But, but you do specifically bourbon. You're right. I'm more of a variety show. Like that's, that's a fair, this last show I was down in Virginia. We talked about my trip down to Virginia and I did photography for a race team. Like I got commissioned, like a a buddy of mine is the director for a race team in Virginia. And he's like, Hey, once you come down, document the weekend, we touched that for maybe five minutes total because Randy hates racing for some reason. <laughs> He's a car guy, but he hates racing. That's funny. So we did like fun. five minutes of that, and then we talked about the zebra attack that happened here in Ohio, and we talked oh, about yeah, some other stuff. Right. And I like that was that. Cool show. the Florida man got basically told like Ohio said to hold my beer. Yeah, basically. Ohio was that's, like, that's oh, you got alligators, we got zebras. Zebras. <laughs> like I got attacked by a zebra. All right. So so anyway. All right. Back to uh, zebras. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I need a pet zebra. Actually, everyone. <laughs> everyone zebra. needs a zebra. As long yeah. as they get shot. Yeah. And they killed by the they animal control it. people. That's just crazy. How but they haven't bred many zebras. I mean, that would be that would, we would be in business. I got plenty of land. You've got for that. land. I, was I do. Say, I was going to say the same thing. You got, got, yeah. got. We can get some like Shetland ponies and zebras. <laughs> you have to start getting the breeding right to where you get the yeah. coloring well, and the. We'll, we'll, we'll right. worry about that. All right. Yeah. We'll do Fair blonde enough. zebras. Blonde zebras. Business plan one on one. We have, we have right of uh, evolving on taste. We've devolved as a podcast here. I don't, well, we're not, <laughs> we're, we're, we're we've done bored the crap out of everyone. Right? <laughs> For all the two listeners still still listening, thank you for having me on. Um, <laughs> this is March. Yeah, this is. I've only been on like ten episodes. So. This is his last eleventh and last episode. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, uh, I know we're a little over an hour in. Just to be aware of your time, uh, I know we've talked about a little bit of the history of of the distillery. We've talked about your history. We've talked about some of the limited time offerings. Anything on the horizon that uh, fans of Virgil Cain or people who are about to become fans of Virgil Cain should know about? Well, I mean, one thing to just state is if you're not a whiskey drinker or if you are somebody that's looking to get into the the category, I mean, definitely grab a bottle of ginger and and put it on the rocks and, and drink it with some soda and and lime soda water um not your typical soda and and really just enjoy what the brand was created to provide and that's a a way to drink bourbon whether it's 100 degrees outside or 10 degrees outside i mean just a refreshing 
way to enjoy whiskey and bur- you know bourbon whiskey and and get into the category it's 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 a great refreshing take on uh, you know a vodka soda you don't need to drink vodka soda anymore i mean we, yeah. we've created something for you to just for you this is what yeah. i people off with well I'll, I'll say like one of the things that i love about bourbon is and just whiskey in general to be fair there's so many great entries into bourbon and whiskey yeah like for example angel's envy great entry into bourbon it's a you know it's a little bit it drinks soft because of the finish the the ginger infused bourbon here from virgil Kane, another example that's I, i'm not putting them at the same level i'm putting them at different entries for yeah. different people um you know same thing with like the angel's envy rye if you you know uh if you're looking for rise, the double oak from Woodford Reserve, I always say, is a great dessert. That's, that's the best thing they offer. But but that's a but that's a good thing again for people to just who's who aren't really into bourbon to try and just kind of it's a, you know a Old Forester 86 proof. It's another soft drinker that's you know got a nice lot of banana flavor to it that just mm-hmm. kind of you know soft and easy. A nice entry to uh, to bourbon and whiskey, and there's so many out there now, just because of all the finished bourbons and all the different things like that, finished whiskeys. That I think another, and it sounds like you guys were doing it first. I mean, or at least very close to first. But it just there's so many different entry points now into whiskey and bourbon, and yeah. I love that. I, I will say that the ginger infused at this point is the one that I start people off with. I, if to, I if someone to comes honest, to my house, I've got but I've got like four bottles. Sure, I've got I've, I've got, got two unopened in the back. I've got this one that's almost empty. I'll probably make an old fashioned out of it tonight after you leave. But like, to be fair, why do I have to leave? I don't know. I'm okay. just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you bring me some bourbon? <laughs> no. He's got so, he's got a Brylin in the making. Yeah, right he's got it right there. My my eighteen year old son in. is a. So no dinner or bourbon. That's messed up. Oh, what is wow. going on with that? You have not trained him well. That is terrible. <laughs> now, my 18-year-old son, he's been a, a constant uh, interrupter of the episodes yeah. as as we've done these podcasts. And actually, my, I was going to say my 10-year-old daughter makes me old fashions. But I, but what I was going to say is I, th- I think for me, I've I, to be transparent, I've never had the ginger-infused bourbon neat. And I've never had it like with soda water or on the rocks. I've got some Perrier up. I might try it tonight. I would. I would try that. Like I've had it neat. I love it neat. I like it more as an old fashioned. Like well, yeah. I have it an old fashioned because of you. Because of me, yes. But I've <laughs> never tried it neat, and I've never tried it with just like some soda water type, you know, uh, whatever. It it it, it, oh, it's, it, it it's makes good. such a old fashioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes such. Oh yeah. I'm gonna Super change it just because you mentioned it, Dave. David. Um. I'm going to start doing the old fashions with – I'm going to use the orange bitters, but I'm going to put a squirt of lime in it Uh-oh. and see – I'm just I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit. Because you. I know because I – my like the recipe is two ounces of, of, of Virgil Cane ginger, a uh, couple dashes of orange bitters, some simple syrup or agave syrup. I haven't tried it with the, with the maple, maple, the, the maple syrup yet. Yeah. Um, and then I take a, like a Clementine and I will squeeze it into my shaker as well. And I'll shake all that together. How do you shake it? Mm. Like this. Yeah. Not okay. like this. Thanks, sir. 
All right. So um, I'll shake all that together and then pour it over ice. But is there going to be an Ohio man article about you running with scissors soon? I was running with scissors yesterday. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, crazy. I like it though. (laughs) I think I might switch, switch out and, you know, with a little lime zest in it instead of some orange zest. There you go. Use lime. I would definitely try shaking it like this because the the other shake's not gonna. Yeah, gonna... we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we're idiots if you haven't figured yeah. it out yet, David. Um, there you go. Well, I we're at an hour and a half. I know the first five minutes or so we were just kind of talking, but uh, we're we're close enough to an hour and a half. I again, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, My pleasure. The eighth notch. Anyone listening? I know we have a lot of listeners outside of Ohio, so. Uh, if you're listening and you have, if you got access to it, to yeah, if you have access, so so that being the the case, where all are you available? Let's let's talk about that. So, you know, obviously online through Sealbox and through our website, uh, you can find uh, our products if you're in a state that can order. Um, but uh, currently, we are distributed in uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, uh, New York. Uh, New Jersey, Michigan, uh, Michigan, uh, I think just got, is getting 40 cases of the, the eighth notch. Um, basic familiar to you by any chance stadium. Not to me, but hopefully to, uh, the person that will be selling up for there. Uh, Tyler's honey holes. Yeah. That's that's, why. uh, why. Okay. All right. Um, uh, so all the states like near you, but just not, not, not <laughs> us. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's messed up. We're going to change that. That's my, uh, that's not, my yep. commitment to you guys. We're going to, the next limited time offering is so, coming to Ohio first. Can I put a request in? Cause sure. you guys did it. You guys did a weeded with, mm-hmm. with the ash cat. Can we get just a hundred percent weeded? Like like a weeded whiskey, like a weeded whiskey. Interesting. Finished in a in a with the the brewery that you guys use to get kind of that sweet chocolatey type of finish, or something that is around the same like one sixteen proof on a weeded. Okay. Use those culinary skills. Let's uh let, let's yeah yeah yeah. The, the non-culinary guys. No, no, to- no. You're, you're. <laughs> hold on. No, I love it. It was either I up school for culinary school, or I, I came out and went to Devry, and I and you chose went to Devry. I chose Devry. So you have no culinary background. I'm saying somewhat of a culinary <laughs> background. <laughs> Choosing not to go to culinary school does not give you a culinary background. No, but I can cook. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I can make scrambled eggs. Does that make me a culinary? Uh... Yes. <laughs> you're right. a, you're a savant. Let, you got you got the wheels turning. So uh, yeah. weeded bourbon. Uh, a weeded would or be, or even just a weeded whiskey. We're, a weeded we are whiskey. fans of weeded whiskeys. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, weeded whiskeys are weeded anything. They just take a little bit longer to age, man. That's the only problem. Yeah, so yeah. good or mature. Yeah. I should. They're so good. Mature. Back, back to my uh, original closing. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Um, this was great. I, I didn't get a chance to really revisit, but I tonight I had the Rip Track Bourbon, I had the Ash Cat, and I had the Eighth Notch, and. I will say that the LTOs definitely shine um, just because they're different. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But I'll tell you, the rip track, if you can find that, that's a regular shelfer. If you can find that, that's outstanding. I really enjoyed that. Um, we didn't taste the ginger infused tonight or the uh, Robber Baron Rye whiskey. The Robber Baron Rye is fantastic. But it's good. As well. I was going to say the yeah. Robber Baron Rye is uh, is really good. Um, in fact, that's my third bottle, uh, and it is a third empty already. Uh, my ginger infused is almost empty, and I have one. Maybe I think I have two bottles left of the ginger infused because I I was I went through a kick of making old fashioned selling to make sure I had plenty of those, but. Yeah, if you get a chance to pick up their regular shelfers, they're all good. Um, but if you get a chance to see an LTO, right now 8th Notch would be the one that's out on the shelves. But pick it up. I mean, Grab it. I- I'll say that for me, the 8th Notch was my favorite of what we had tonight. Um, and again, it's because of the, the vanilla and the, and the chocolate. That yeah. that really hits home for me. Um, but the Ashcat was outstanding as well. Um, I mean, everything we had tonight was good, and and that's always a good thing for me when we have someone on that I don't have to lie to them and tell them that their stuff's good because that's it's always fantastic. A, that's always a good thing. Um, so it sucks. I never lie. I never do lie. I usually say, "Well, it's not really my taste profile," but I could see where people would like this. I didn't have yeah. to, do that tonight, so that's good. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Behind the curtain, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm and 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 I'm always going to be a fan. I've been a fan since the yeah. the, the day that I found you when guys. I told him that you guys were going to be on. He has been doing everything he can to make sure he was. <laughs> yeah, it was like so. And unfortunately, probably, it, it was you probably like, made the other guys uh, you flatten their tires and stuff. That, yeah, oh yeah, I, I sliced tires. He did. I, he it's did. not a, it's not above me. When we were looking at last week, uh, he wasn't going to be able to be no, here. I was in. So I was on my way back out for you. Better. So it worked so. out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, if you get a chance, check out Virgil Kane online. It looks like you can buy that at uh, Sealbox. If you can uh, ship to your house, that's a great place to buy. Uh, where can we find you on uh, social media? Uh, Virgil at underscore Kane, I believe, um, on Instagram, and then Virgil Kane uh, on Facebook as well. All right. And uh, you guys have a actually virtual cane, uh, one word. Um, that's how much I uh, <laughs> social media. Uh, All right. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we have a significant amount of followers, uh, a lot of good people, and uh, some cool content where you could learn about the low country, see where we live, and uh, see what we're up to. So. Yeah, I'll say that's a good resource, too. It actually has a lot of good information on it. Um, But if you want to just follow more for, like, social media things and things like that, Instagram, it sounds like, Facebook. Um, But the website does have a lot of cool information on it. Um, That's where I found out most of everything I I wanted to find out, so that's good. Um, But you've been a great guest today. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And uh, Thanks for having me. It took us, like, three weeks of rescheduling to get this to happen. But... uh, (laughs) I've had the bottle of eighth notch for a while and I, I make a thing not to open it until the episode they're on. So it's been sitting back there for over a month. And I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 not it's your fault. Terrible. No. <laughs> we do it so that our first actual drink is live on well not live because we record, but you know, during the actual episode so that it's not, you know, uh it's not staged. Not staged, it's not, it's not prepared, anything like that. So we opened it tonight, poured it tonight and had it when we were talking to you. So that's, we do that on purpose. We do that every episode that we have a guest on. And, um, you know, it's, it's for the reason of just trying to be as authentic as possible. And, and I think that, um, I'm, I'm glad we had you guys on. I, yeah. everything we had was good. So if you get a chance, reach out, 
find Virgil Can at a store online. Uh, try it out. If you can get a hold of Eighth Notch, I'll tell you that right now. It's uh, probably my favorite that we've had. Just again, if you're into the vanilla, the caramel, the chocolate, it's it's right there. So but again, I've never been disappointed by any of the limit any of the limited stuff. Yeah. So it's well, neither have I. So way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, David, thank you again for uh, coming on. Uh, yeah. Have a great night, and uh, I'm glad we finally got Likewise. this one out. So. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, please look me up when y'all come to Charleston. Uh, oh, absolutely. For sure. Definitely. Now now I'm going to, because you, you told me I could. <laughs> there you go. You don't even, you you go. Don't even know what you just opened yourself yeah, up you, for. Yeah, bo- a whole <laughs> box of worms that you don't even want to get Hey, <laughs> we, got, we got great places to drink, a, a lot of Virgil Cane, so come on down. All right. Look forward right. to having you. Thank you. And, I appreciate uh, Thank you, guys. We'll uh, hopefully have you on again soon. All right. Yeah, sounds great. Take care, guys. Thanks you again. Too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.